Hey everyone, welcome to The New Deal. This is going to be a shorter episode and we're going to be focusing on the bipartisan infrastructure bill. What's in it? What didn't make the cut? And why, if this bill is left unchanged, would it be dangerous? Here we go. podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Nutini. Thanks for joining us again. For more from The New Deal, head on over to thenewdeal.com for podcast episodes, blog posts, and YouTube videos. And please remember, follow on Facebook, YouTube, head over to medium.com for articles, and please, please, please rate and review any of the videos that you see, any of the podcasts that you listen to, or any of the articles you read. I would really appreciate it. Had a really busy week, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to be focusing on one topic today, shorter episode, and I want to get to more, but I'm going to be doing those in another episode in the next day or two. Uh, so you're going to get, you know, a double release of the New Deal, you know, for better or for worse. Uh, good for short attention spans, I'm sure. So today, what I want to focus on is the infrastructure bill. So last week, the Senate voted to move forward with debate on the infrastructure bill that we've been hearing about for months now. After months of negotiations between Republicans, Democrats, and Joe Biden specifically, they have come up with a number that they all seem to like, and they voted to move forward with potentially passing that bill. It doesn't mean that the bill has passed, it just means that they can now work out the finer details uh, in the Senate, come up with a finished bill, and then hopefully pass that bill. So this is going to give a summary of the bill, but I also want to explore how this version of the bill differs from what the original Biden vision for this bill was. And at the end, I just want to talk briefly about why this bill could be dangerous if left in its current condition, Uh, because I think there's a lot we need to think about when we get bills like this and when bills like this go through the kind of process that it's gone through so far. I don't want to give away too much up front, but keep this in mind. The American people come first. Our taxpayer dollars are there for us. So as I go through this bill, the summary, what's changed, please keep that at the at the front of your mind. So uh, without wasting too much more time, here we go. The initial bill that Joe Biden wanted to pass, uh, this is also referred to as the American Jobs Plan, was $2.25 trillion. This new bill is now just $550 billion for infrastructure over the next five years. So let's take a look at what is inside this infrastructure bill. What are we actually getting in this $550 billion? Uh, The first, and the thing that's probably the most obvious to people, is money for roads and bridges. Uh, There's going to be $110 billion for roads, bridges, and major projects. Joe Biden originally wanted $159 billion for this section of the bill. 20% of our nation's highways are considered to be in poor conditions, as well as our bridges. So cutting funding from this area, which is, you know, quintessential infrastructure, roads, bridges, highways, 
They cut $59 billion from the funding on this particular item, which is not insignificant. It's 33%. It's a 33% reduction in the money that we get to spend on upgrading our roads, bridges, and highways, 20% of which are in poor condition already. The other portion of uh, this section for roads, bridges, major projects um, is $11 billion for transportation safety initiatives. So overall, got $121 billion there. Next, we have rails and transit. We want to spend money on railway. We are behind most other countries when it comes to railways. We don't have bullet trains. We still have to take an airplane to get anywhere fast. And we just are we just refuse to spend the money on upgrading our rail system. So this has $39 billion to modernize public transit and improve accessibility. Biden originally wanted $85 billion on this. $39 billion doesn't get us where we need to go. He wanted 85, cut to 39. There's an additional 66 billion to eliminate Amtrak's maintenance backlog. Biden wanted 80 billion on this. Together, this is the largest investment in public transit history. But again, here's another thing to think about. Taxpayer dollars. We are giving 66 billion dollars to Amtrak for maintenance. Why is there a backlog? Why has this been allowed to happen? Has there been a lack of funding in the past? But let's take a look at these numbers. Biden originally wanted $85 billion to modernize public transit and improve accessibility. That number is cut to $39 billion. That's less than half of the original number. This is quintessential infrastructure. Roads, bridges, railways, transit, infrastructure. Why are we cutting 50% of the funding to what is traditional infrastructure. Our public transit in this country is terrible. We don't have bullet trains. We don't have easy access to public transportation. It doesn't go far enough. It's not well enough connected. We rely way too much on airports, but sure, let's cut 50% of the budget for modernizing public transit. It doesn't make sense. Where are our taxpayer dollars going if not to improve actual infrastructure. The next item on the list is broadband. There will be $65 billion invested to increase the availability of broadband to all Americans. They want to aim to ensure every American has access to high-speed internet. Biden wanted $100 billion, once again, nearly cut in half on this as well. Another provision of the broadband initiative is to lower the cost of household internet services so they want to be able to provide federal funding to drive down bills, but they also want to be able to give companies, I think, incentive to move into areas where there's only one or two providers to drive competition. I currently live in a town that only has one internet provider, and let me tell you, not great. Not great options. Really wish that there were two or three other options I had, so when I get bad service with this company, I can go to another company and get a better product overall, but hey... That's not happening right now. Hopefully this initiative fixes areas like the one I live in and others like it. Next, uh, very simple, uh, for airports, ports, and waterways, uh, $17 billion is going to be allotted for ports. $25 billion will be going to airports for upgrades, improvements, things like that. Electric vehicles, $7.5 billion 
is going to go towards zero and low emission buses and ferries. And then another seven and a half billion is going to increase the amount of plug-in charging stations around the country. One of the most difficult things that I've heard about owning an electric vehicle is that there are just so few places to plug your car in, making long trips more difficult. You have to put research into like where these stations are. They really should be, if we want to get to electric, like we should have these, you know, as frequently placed as gas stations, but that hasn't happened yet. So the seven and a half billion is going to increase the amount of plug-in car stations around the country. Next up, we've got power and water. 73 billion is going to be toward improving just our nation's power grid. And 55 billion is going to be to replace existing water structure, specifically replacing lead pipes and making sure that all of our drinking water is safe, 55 billion. And another 50 billion is going to go toward water system resiliency. So they're putting $50 billion towards making sure that once we once we spend the other $55 billion on the water, it will last a while. So trying to get more bang for our buck there. Important. Next up, we've got environmental remediation. It's $21 billion to clean up things like brownfield sites, reclaiming abandoned mined land, and to cap orphaned gas wells. I do want to say here, when I saw cap orphaned gas wells, it's like, where are the companies who drilled those wells? Because those companies should have been capping the wells. Not the US government, not taxpayer dollars. We need to hold especially energy companies responsible for cleaning up after themselves. Pretty simple. Anyway, that's what's in the bill. It doesn't sound like a ton as far as categories go. Uh, So just quick summary there. What's inside? We've got roads, bridges, and major projects, rail and transit, broadband, airports, ports, waterways, electric vehicles, power and water, and then the environmental remediation. All of that is going to cost in total $550 billion, well down from the $2.3 trillion that Biden had initially envisioned and that Democrats were pushing for. Well, how are we going to pay for it? A lot of the money is going to be coming from repurposed COVID relief funds that have not been spent yet. Uh, Quite a bit. Then it's kind of nickeling, diming some other places. But I want to focus a little bit more, just a little bit, on what funding won't be there. The Democrats pitched in order to pay for this, that we raise corporate tax rates back up to the pre-Trump tax rate, uh, which isn't a lot um, as far as an increase goes. And we know that large corporations especially uh, made a lot of money over the pandemic, billions and billions and billions of dollars. So there's money to be had, and that money, especially on the larger corporations, would provide a lot of funding for things like this infrastructure project. Maybe we could spend more than $550 billion. The other thing that they wanted to do was to more strictly enforced tax collection. Well, why would they want to do that? Well, because a lot of companies aren't paying their taxes and the IRS is not going after them in the way that they should. They don't have the funding, they don't have the resources. So this was going to increase tax enforcement. It was going to give the IRS a little bit more power to go after people who don't pay their taxes because it's illegal to not pay your taxes. So we should probably go after people who owe their taxes. But the GOP said no. They don't want that. They don't want to hand the IRS any more power than they already have. But tax evasion is illegal. Not paying your taxes is illegal. 
It doesn't make any sense to me personally why we would not want the IRS to be in a position where they can collect taxes from people and corporations who owe them because those people and corporations are ripping the American people off. They're ripping you and I off. So we've got a trend here. Republicans don't want to raise corporate taxes. They don't want to do that. But they also don't want to enforce tax collection, primarily from corporations, because there's a lot of money to be had from corporations who aren't paying taxes. But no, we should not increase the tax rate on corporations, nor should we really try too hard to collect taxes from corporations. So we're trying to pass an infrastructure bill to improve the roads, bridges, broadband, medical services across the country. But we don't want to we don't want to ask corporations to pay their fair share. Why would we do that? We should try to find our funding somewhere else. Oh, wait, there's not really a lot of funding anywhere else. Well, I guess we'll just have to not fix the roads and bridges and highways and airports and broadband and healthcare. Guess not. Guess those things aren't as important as, you know, corporations not paying their taxes. This is the kind of thing that we need to look at a little bit when we look at the process these bills go through when they're being whittled down due to funding. Well, the reason that the funding isn't there in this case is because Republicans are backing corporations over the American people. Very simple, very clear, not being hidden right in our faces. In summary on this, this bill went from $2.3 trillion, $2.3 trillion to $550 billion. That's a nearly 75% reduction in funding for this bill. We want to spend less money to improve roads, bridges, rail, airport, jobs, healthcare systems than we spend on the military in a single year. That's why America's broken. Hey, here's $550 billion for five years, but the military can get $700 billion for one. So, you know, we can pay for the military, but like, you know, our cars can break on, on potholes and our airports and safety can, you know go to hell and our bridges can collapse with a bunch of cars on them. Sure. But, you know, as long as the military gets their 770 billion a year, you know, that's fine. We can only do 550 billion on infrastructure once a decade, it seems, to get things done. It's ridiculous. The priorities are backwards and the American people are not getting benefit where we need to get benefit. Why isn't that happening? Like I said, the additional funding would have come essentially from holding corporate entities accountable. And that was stripped out. Further, the Republicans cut out massive aspects of programs and then severely restricted the funding. What did this bill leave out? What were the things that were in the original bill that were stripped out due to this lack of funding or because Republicans didn't want them? First, there was $400 billion to bolster caregiving for aging and disabled Americans. And that provision was the second largest measure in the jobs plan. What that $400 billion would have done was expanded access to long-term services under Medicare and then eliminated the current waitlist to get on Medicare, which is tens of thousands of people long. This funding would have eliminated that waitlist, put those people on Medicare, good to go. It would have provided more opportunity for at-home care. So rather than sending a parent to a nursing home or sending someone in your family to a nursing home, you would be able to bring someone into your home to care for them. It would hopefully be less expensive. That person could live in the comfort of their home. And there's a lot of people who leave work to take care of their 
family members who are who are terminally ill or chronically ill, and those people need a salary. And right now, it's it's not much. So the other thing this would have done was improve wages for home health care workers. Currently, home health care workers make about twelve dollars an hour. Twelve. That's less than minimum wage in most states, or in some states, I should say. And these people are taking care of elderly elderly people primarily at home. And let me tell you, I, I've witnessed firsthand what that entails. These people have to move other people physically. These people can't, you know, people can't walk. People can't move. They need to get be lifted out of bed, put in a wheelchair, put in a gurney, move somewhere else, you know, re reset up. They need to be bathed. They need to be moved into, you know, a bathing, uh, you know, like, like a tub or a shower, moved back out. They need to be assisted with the restroom, move them, you know, on and off of the toilet. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work for $12 an hour. And oh, by the way, you know, making someone able to enjoy what they have in their life because they can't do it on their own. But hey, $12 an hour will suffice. This money was also supposed to allow those people to unionize um, or at least give them the opportunity to unionize if they were interested in doing so. That $400 billion was cut entirely. This portion of the infrastructure bill was cut entirely. And one could argue, I guess, that things like Medicaid and Medicare are not part of our infrastructure, but we're talking about a lot of people who are negatively affected and need help. And honestly, who cares if it's built under, under infrastructure or under healthcare? It needs to be done. We shouldn't be playing, you know, semantics with things like this. It was the second largest provision for a reason. This provision was being called the largest change to, you know, the public health care in a very, very, very long time. Like beyond the ACA and what the ACA did, this money expands health care to people who really need it and tries to make things more affordable. And, and so gone, just gone, stripped out, zero, we get nothing. What else was stripped out? There's $100 million for workforce development to help dislocated workers or underserved groups and put students on career paths before high school graduation. Well, why would we strip something like that out? Oh, well, that's not infrastructure because it's job training. Well, guess what? Job training betters the economy and allows people to get in there and do work on things like these infrastructure projects. It all goes hand in hand. I've heard a lot of criticism from conservatives in relationship to college and higher education and whether or not that should be government funded. And they say, oh, well, you know, send kids to trade school. You know, people should be taking up the trades. This literally does that. This literally puts kids on career paths in high school. And that would definitely help kids going into the trades who maybe would go to a two-year school or wouldn't go at all, would jump straight into apprenticeship. Guess what? This would help. Nope. Stripped out. Gone. And then there was another $18 million in there to modernize VA hospitals. And that is infrastructure. Those are federal buildings. Federal buildings need maintenance. $18 million to improve and modernize VA hospitals. Gone. Not included. Zero. And these are just some of the things that were left out. My main point is this. I keep seeing things come up, especially in this Democratic administration, where the price tag needs to be big. Originally, Democrats were calling for $6 trillion in spending between the budget bill and this infrastructure bill. The budget plan that they're trying to push forth through reconciliation is $3.5 trillion. 
And you keep hearing this argument from senators, certain senators or certain people. Oh, well, we don't want to spend that money. I want to know what you want to spend money on because you never get that answer from those people. They just want to spend less money. Oh, just spend less money. Spend less money on infrastructure. Spend less money in the budget for the wide range of things that we need to be budgeting for. And meanwhile, Americans are sitting here pissed off that nothing ever happens. Nothing ever happens because our taxpayer dollars are not being used appropriately to give back to Americans the things that we need. We need roads and bridges and infrastructure in good condition. We need a stable power grid. Not only do we need a stable power grid, we need a a power grid that is cyber-proof. That's a big upgrade. We need all of this stuff to work. The reason 20% of our roads and bridges are in poor condition is because we haven't been allocating funds to fixing them. So here we are needing desperately to allocate funds to fix them. And guess what? That provision was cut down to. So our taxpayers are going where? They don't want to spend the money, but they don't suggest spending the money anywhere else. And we need these things as adults when we have an issue. That needs to be taken care of, an issue that is critical to being taken care of. Um, Let's say your furnace breaks. Your furnace breaks and you will freeze inside your house if you do not replace the furnace. It's in bad condition. It needs to be replaced. That's obvious. There's no other thing to do but replace it. So what do you do? You say, well, I need to spend the money to replace it. So you replace it. That's what you do. You don't say, well... I would replace it, but I disagree with the cost it takes to replace it. So I'm just going to wait with my broken furnace. And then you and then you freeze to death that winter. And then I guess your problem solved because you're not around to have it anymore. Oh, okay. that, that's cool. When there's a problem, you address the problem. Period. Our infrastructure is terrible. We need a large, large, large investment in infrastructure, which is undeniable. And this is one of those things just like putting off things at your home. Oh, I'll get to it later. I'll get to it later. Where the longer you wait, the more it is going to cost. The longer we wait to put in a rail system that actually works, the longer we take to improve our roads and bridges and fix their configuration, make sure that we're getting roads and bridges to the places that they need to go and creating jobs and everything that goes along with infrastructure, along with all the climate change things that need to happen. The longer we wait to do that, the more expensive it's going to get. I talked about climate change in an episode uh, a week or two ago, and it's way more expensive to put up walls to hold the ocean back or to replace properties that have been flooded out and washed out to sea than it is to, you know, stop polluting. But we want to take the most expensive route. Delaying is always more expensive. Very rarely does delaying an issue that already exists and delaying a solution to those problems work out for anybody. The world doesn't work that way. Congress shouldn't work that way. These problems need to be addressed. And American people need to start demanding more. If you are someone who is critical of the price tags on these programs, I want to know from you exactly why you're critical on this pricing. Because what are you worried about or what would you rather spend that money on? And if we don't spend that money at all, Why are you willing to pass on the consequences of the issues that need to be solved to future generations rather than pass on, I guess, a little bit of the debt that would maybe go to future generations? Although I don't know that we've seen that bear out in any situation either. I would be interested to see if that's some kind of fallacy. Oh, if we spend the money now, our kids are going to be responsible for it. Well, that's kind of how government works. You, You pay for something 
and then future generations help pay it back and things get things get worked out. Okay, I think I'd rather have, you know, bridges that are going to stay up when I drive over them. You know, I do, do I want, you know, future generations to have so much debt that they can't enjoy life? No, but I don't think that we're anywhere close to that. So we're making cuts on funding for things like infrastructure and healthcare, And, you know, with the reconciliation bill, if, if that gets cut down, we're, we're cutting huge aspects of the things that taxpayers expect. But there's this contingency out there in the Senate and then, you know, people who support those candidates who I don't think want taxpayer dollars to be spent at all. They pay their taxes, but then they just don't want to spend the taxes at all. They sh- taxes shouldn't go to social programs. Taxes shouldn't go to infrastructure. Taxes shouldn't go to healthcare. I guess they think that taxes should just go to corporate subsidies because that's what the only time that you know conservatives seem to stand up when it comes to taxes is when they can get the tax code to ve- benefit corporations, whether it's through tax cuts for corporations or tax subsidies for corporations. As we move forward with this un- infrastructure bill, as we watch, you know, the the process where you know, as, as it gets passed or things get, get added or taken out and how the debate goes, I want you to think about what we're losing. Remember what was on the table. Remember the funding that was on the table and that the only thing stopping us from getting there is some people in the Senate saying, eh, that sounds too expensive because that's where we're at. We're not talking about, hey, we wanted to take a trip to Disney and we can't really afford it. That's too expensive. We're talking about, hey, the house was on fire and the first floor is uninhabitable and we can't live there until we fix it. So we have to fix it. That's where we're at. We, can't, we shouldn't be having this, oh, well, that's too expensive mindset with things that are absolutely 100% priorities. Infrastructure is basic and necessary. Republican governors on television fully endorsed the $2.3 trillion deal because the infrastructure in their states is so bad that they're dying for this money. The only people opposed to it are in the federal government. Doesn't make sense. So as we watch this bill pass and the process it goes through and the things we lose, please remember what we lost and ask yourself, why are we losing that? And ask yourself, where's that money going otherwise? And why do they care so much about it? Those are questions that need to be answered. We can talk about funding for things like social programs and things like that. You know, I understand, you know, if you have an issue with too much money going somewhere, if you're, you have an issue with fraud, that's fine. We're talking about infrastructure. This should be a bipartisan issue and they should try and be trying to use as much money as possible because infrastructure is literally at the core of what we need in this country to function. I've been going on a little bit here. I could go on much longer. And when the reconciliation bill comes out and we see what's in that and where, where they land on that, you know, we'll, we'll, we can reassess. There's talk that whatever doesn't make it into the infrastructure bill will hopefully work its way into the reconciliation bill. But already you're hearing from Kristen Cinema and Joe Manchin that, oh, well, they don't know if they're behind $3.5 trillion because they somehow, for some reason, think that West Virginians and Arizonans are really, really, really going to be upset if we spend money, taxpayer dollars, on useful things. So why am I doing this episode? Because I need people to understand that they are losing out on useful things when these bills get whittled down. We are losing out as Americans. You want action in government? Tell them to spend the money. You can't do it without the money. You think the government spends too much money? You think taxes are too high? Tell them to cut ludicrous spending in other areas. Tell them that, hey, 
we love the military, but do we really need to be giving the military more money in one year than what is being proposed for infrastructure for the entire country for the next five years? I think the answer is pretty simple. So anyway, that's the infrastructure bill. That's what's in it. That's what's left out of it. The reason this is dangerous is because we cannot continue to let this trend happen where our taxpayer dollars are basically thrown out the window, thrown toward things that either we don't need or are egregiously spent. I think I've, I, I read that Walmart gets like $8, $8 billion a year in corporate subsidies. We can give $8 billion to Walmart, okay? We can give $700 billion to the military. But when it comes to key things like infrastructure and healthcare and social services, we say no. We rob the American people of the services that we expect for taxpayer dollars, and we give them to entities that we don't see a return on and, we, and for things that we need to see a return on. I know I've been picking on the military. Do we get a return from the military? Absolutely. But if we're saying we need the military and we need infrastructure, but hey, we're going to give the military five times more money. Like, think about how many roads and bridges are in America and airports and ports and waterways and piping and electric grid. Imagine all of that. And then think about the military. I'm pretty sure that there's more roads, bridges, and infrastructure than like military, like vehicles and entities and even people that need to be paid in the military. We should probably give more to the infrastructure. We shouldn't do throw a band-aid on it. We need to fix it from the ground up. And honestly, we're the wealthiest country in the world. We should be leading the world in infrastructure period. We should have the most modern transportation. We should have the most energy efficient transportation. We should be able to get to point A to point B without any trouble whatsoever. Traffic probably shouldn't even be a problem in this country because we should probably have figured that out by now because we have a lot of money for research and you know implementation. But no, we're not. We suck. We spend more money on the military than like the next 20 nations combined. And even though they're the, we're the wealthiest country in the world, other countries that spend like next to nothing, you know, on their military, but, you know, somehow they're a threat to us looking at Russia. Oh, they, they have great transportation. Asian countries, great transportation, great infrastructure. Not here. Why not? Americans shouldn't be leading the way on infrastructure. So that's the show for today. Like I said, went over the bill as it stands. The bill can be adjusted um, through the Senate debate process. We might th- see some things added back in. We might see money moved. We might see more things taken out. I certainly hope not. They wanted a bipartisan bill. Well, here's your bipartisan bill. But what it takes to be bipartisan means stripping out 75% of the funding and a ton of meaningful programs from a bill so that we can pass a bare bones thing that like, we really isn't much use at all. $100 billion a year for the entire country for infrastructure. That's what happens when you try to pass a bipartisan bill. Because that should have been uh, not great at math here, but that should have been, yeah, it should have been 500 billion a year for the entire country for infrastructure is what it should have been. Think about things in those terms. That's what we're losing. So, uh, thanks for listening to this slightly shorter episode of the new deal on infrastructure. We've got another episode coming that'll, uh, do some of the headlines from this week. I'll look at the Brett Kavanaugh situation that came up as well as, uh, the January 6th commission. I've got some audio clips there. 
that was a really important hearing with the police officers. So I want to touch on that, even though, you know, it's going to be a week old at this point. So thank you for listening to the New Deal. I really appreciate you listening. Please head on over to the Facebook page, thenewdeal.com, like, follow the show. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate and review, drop a comment. Let me know how I'm doing. I'd really appreciate it. Have a great day. New Deal out.